You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Well, Father, thank you for another podcast episode. I thank you for every single person that you've drawn to listen to this podcast today. I thank you that they are here by divine appointment because you have good news that you want to share with them today. You have encouragement, you have revelation, you have wisdom, you have understanding, you have direction that you want to release to every single person who's listening today. And so we just agree. We agree with your agenda for today's episode. We agree with what you are doing in our lives right now, Father. We agree with the move of the Spirit that we are in the midst of. Because, Father, we know that you're doing something spectacular, something extraordinary, something miraculous in our lives right this very minute. Because you're always doing exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, all we can think, all we can dare to dream. You're a good Father, and we are so thankful that you have redeemed us, that you have chosen us, that you have placed us, that you have hidden us inside of your son, Jesus, so that we could be one with you, so that we could know you, and so that we could experience eternal life right now. It is so amazing to be your child. It is so amazing to be Jesus's body and his bride. And we are so grateful that we can abide in this place of wholeness, this place of peace inside of you. So we just thank you for this episode today, and we just expect you to move mightily in every single one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've been excited about recording this episode uh, probably for a couple of weeks now leading up to it, uh, as I just am excited about the title, and I'm excited about the concept. I'm excited about exploring the revelation of what I'm going to be sharing today. And I'll kick it off by just sharing the name of the episode. It's called Paid in Full. And what I'm going to be chatting about with you today is the concept of Jesus's blood being the currency of heaven that has purchased everything back into himself, that the blood of Christ has redeemed us. It has paid the ransom for everything in all of creation to be reconciled back in Jesus. And that now the entire cosmos, the entire worlds, when I say worlds, I mean the entire creation, all dimensions of creations, those that we have discovered, those that we know nothing about, the heavens, the things that the Bible refers to as below the earth, right? The, the, the Hades and the, the realm of the dead, um, the, 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 the dimensions in the spirit realm that all things have been reconciled to Christ. And that reconciliation happened through the shedding of Jesus's blood. And that in the kingdom, everything is already paid for. That Jesus has paid the price for our perfection. 
He has paid the price for us to enjoy abundant life. And that when we think of the cosmos or the world or our lives as having, having been redeemed, there is a way of living, a way of experiencing life that is so much higher and so much more glorious than just a mere human existence. And so today, I want to explore really the, the extent of what Jesus accomplished on Calvary. And I want to explore the extent of what he paid for. And I want us to begin to operate or accept an invitation to operate in another economy and to stop relating to our lives and our destinies and the things that God has called us to do from a worldly perspective and from the perspective of what is possible in the world. And I want us to enter into the place where we are enjoying our full inheritance in Christ, where we are manifesting what Jesus has purchased so that we can change the world, so that we can do what would be impossible if we did not know Jesus, if we did not live in union with Jesus. So let's jump off today with the scripture that, I don't know, God highlighted the He's been highlighting the scripture to me for a while, but he put it in context, context for me in terms of you know, the cross and in terms of the resurrection, really made it real for me in a new way over the Easter weekend that we just actually went through. I actually woke up on Good Friday with a word from God that really flowed out of this scripture and the revelation that on Good Friday that there was something happening on that day that revolutionized not just the human experience, but it revolutionized the entire cosmos. It changed the fabric of creation. It changed reality at an interdimensional level. And so, first of all, let me read this scripture to you. And then I'm going to actually go and read what I wrote on Good Friday as a jumping, po- jumping off point for this episode. So this, this scripture comes out of Colossians chapter 1. And I want to start with verse 15 because it's talking about the supremacy of Christ. It's talking about how Jesus is the preeminent one. And in the Passion Translation, here's the way it reads. It says he is, talking about Jesus, the divine portrait, 
the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority. It all exists through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, And now everything finds completion in him. He is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. Verse 19, it says, For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. Verse 20, and by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. In verse 21, it says, even though you were once distant from him, Living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you holy, flawless, and restored. So I'm going to just go now to the amplified version of this chapter, and I just want to read a couple of these verses from a different translation. Okay, I want to read verse 19 through 20 here. It says, for it pleased the Father for all his fullness of deity, the sum total of his essence, all his perfection, powers, and attributes to dwell permanently in him, the Son, and through the intervention of the Son to reconcile all things to himself, making peace through the blood of his cross through him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And so this scripture really was the jumping off point for the word that I shared. I shared it to my email list, shared it on social media, so you may have already read it. But I want to I read now what God was speaking about Good Friday because this idea of everything being paid in full, of everything being reconciled, is, is an invitation for you to see everything differently, for you to see yourself differently, for you to see the created world differently, and for you to enter into the experience of the world as an heir, as an owner, as a landlord, if you will, as an owner, as an heir of creation, 
And as an owner and an heir of creation, someone who has rulership, someone who has dominion over creation, over the world. So here is the word that I gave on Good Friday. It said, it's Good Friday. Today is a good day because it is the day that I was in Christ reconciling the entire cosmos to myself. It is the day that you were born from above through the shedding of my blood. You were there dying with me even though you had yet to be born. This glorious news has yet to be understood in its fullness by most of those alive in Christ today. And as a result, you live in a reality that is much less than my reality. The key to experiencing my life lies in you entering into my suffering. It is found in your full identification with my passion, being co-crucified and co-glorified. However, when you do not grasp, when you do not fully grasp this distinction about yourself, even though it is the very foundation, the core, the very center of your being, you do not experience what it means to be alive in me. Today, I would like you to focus on who you really are and what I have done, not just for you, but to you, so that you can experience yourself for who you truly are and reality for what it truly is. Christ in you absolutely is the hope of glory, yet glory unrevealed, unveiled, will always remain a mystery, for potential is not reality. Manifested potential is the point. So enter into my sufferings, child, not as a remote observer looking back through time, but as an active participant that was actually there with me in that present moment, which happened so long ago. For only when you transcend the limitation of time, will you begin to grasp the gospel. I was slain before time began, and you were there with me, in me as well. Your origin is in me. I am your beginning. I am Alpha. I am the source of all. But when you live trapped in linear time, you miss the glorious revelation and live as someone you're not. Now is your time. Now is my time. Now is the perfect time to rise in the fullness of your union with me. This moment may pass, but the fullness will remain. So rise, child, rise. Step into me so you can experience yourself. Step into me on this day of my crucifixion, and lose yourself in me. Die my death, experience your death, so that you can experience the fullness of my life and understand what it means to be alive in me. So I wanted to share that in the context 
of this episode, in case you hadn't heard it, but also because it helps us enter into what was actually happening on the cross of Christ. The Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. And this concept of being absorbed into Christ and experiencing the crucifixion of Christ and being co-crucified, co-buried, co-resurrected, co-ascended with Jesus, this this co-identification of Jesus is not just important to understand because of how it completely transforms your identity, but it is also important to understand because not only were you being crucified in Christ on Good Friday or on that, uh, you know, that day so many years ago, but all of humanity was in Christ at that moment. He was, he was dying for the sins of the world. He was dying to basically annihilate the alienation that had happened in the human mind as a result of the fall and eliminate separation from the Father. But he was also, as we read in Colossians, reconciling everything to himself. So anything and everything that had been separated from Christ as a result of the fall was being reconciled in that moment. The world was being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And that word, that word redeemed, it, it refers to the concept of paying a ransom or paying a price to, re, to, to buy something. And you and I have been bought. We were bought with a price, the scriptures teach us that we were paid for with a preciousness. And that preciousness is no, nothing less than the blood of Jesus. Jesus, in fact, ransomed us from the kingdom of darkness. He translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, it says in Colossians chapter 1. In Galatians 3.13, it says that Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law becoming a curse for us. In Galatians 4, 5, it says that he came to redeem those that were under the law so that we might receive the adoption of sons. And so there was a very real payment happening. There was a very real exchange happening on the cross that was causing this redemption, this reconciliation, this gathering of God's creation, including mankind, into Christ on Calvary. And an understanding of the cross is is so crucial. You know, most of us grew up in evangelical Christianity that just taught us Jesus was dying on the cross for our sins. And that because he died, we are now forgiven, and now we have the opportunity to go to heaven after we die. But there was so much more happening on Calvary that day. Uh, you know, the sin problem was being dealt with. It was being, it was any type of penalty or punishment that would ever, ever be inflicted, not by, by God per se, but by the consequences of sin in our own lives. 
the consequences of that, the, the punishment for our peace, it says in Isaiah 53, was upon him. The chastisement upon was upon him so that we would no longer be in a place of condemnation, that we would no longer be guilty, that the guilty verdict, the ordinances that were written against us, it says in Colossians, were nailed to the tree, that anything and everything that could ever cause us to suffer under guilt and shame and condemnation and separation and brokenness was nailed to that cross. And Jesus was reconciling us, reconciling the world to himself that day. And when he rose again, we rose again to the newness of life. That is what baptism is all about. It's about a symbolism of our death and our resurrection in Christ. It's about us vicariously being there on his cross and experiencing his death and his life. And this is absolutely a spiritual reality. It's a mystery. It's a cosmic mystery that we could be experiencing something like this before we were alive. But this reality changes everything about reality. We live in a friendly universe. We do not live in a cursed world any longer. We live in a redeemed world. Jesus undid the curse. He reversed what Adam did in the garden. Through his suffering, through his obedience, many were made righteous, it says in Romans 5. And so Here's the problem. Very few of us are taught that we live in a, few, a, a friendly universe, that the, the, the unseen realm is for us. In Romans chapter 8, it says that all of creation is moaning and in labor pains for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Because creation is longing to be governed. Creation is longing to manifest its original glory. It's longing to manifest its its redemption in Christ. We have been sold a bill of goods. We have been told that We have to wait to die in order to experience heaven. That the world that we live in is evil. Rather than recognizing that it's under the influence of evil. That it is under a thinking, the pattern of this world. And that we, as long as we are not thinking as sons but we are thinking as slaves, as long as we are not thinking as heirs instead of victims, as long as we are not thinking as powerful, powerful governors of the seen realm, we will continue to be at the mercy of a fallen world that has been redeemed because we believe that it is still fallen. The good news is the announcement that Jesus has resurrected the fallen. 
that he has redeemed and reconciled this planet to himself at a material level, at a quantum level, at every level. And the seen realm recognizes you, beloved. And because of the price of the blood of Jesus and the redemption of the cosmos, you have access to everything that is in creation as an heir. You are an heir. You are a joint heir with Jesus. And you have the same mandate on your life that was originally given to Adam. In the beginning, God told Adam to be fruitful and multiply, to replenish the earth, to subdue it and take dominion. And today, beloved, as Jesus' body, that is our role. We are to legislate the kingdom of heaven here in the earth. We are to sit in heavenly places in Christ and declare and decree in the place of rulership and dominion, in union with Jesus, the will of God for the earth. And how that applies to you personally depends everything on the call of God on your life and the destiny and the vision that God has given you. Your vision, your purpose is a manifestation of the kingdom of God. There is a place of rulership and authority and dominion that you have been called to occupy. There is a place of influence, a sphere of influence that you have been called to take ownership of. And whether that is in the sphere of media or the sphere of business or that's in the sphere of government, wherever that sphere is, you have dominion and you lack nothing. Anything and everything that you would ever need to dominate the, 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 the world and to take dominion and authority over the world system has already been paid for in Christ. All that is left to do is to rise, to rise in the fullness of your union with Jesus Christ. That's what the, the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4.1. He says it that way in the Passion Translation. It is worth repeating. It, all that is left to do is to rise in the fullness of your union with Jesus and to take dominion. Now, I know the things that I'm sharing here are really deep, but they have a lot of really practical applications. Because for many people... We are waiting on something rather than taking dominion over something. We tolerate things in our lives. We tolerate circumstances. We tolerate lack. We tolerate things in our lives because we don't, we don't operate from the place that everything has been paid for, that everything is ours in Christ, that we are a joint heir, and we have dominion over anything and everything in the earth realm that is not like heaven. 
in Matthew, when Peter and Jesus are having this conversation about who do men say that I am, and Peter talks about, you know, the disciples are sharing with Jesus, you know, oh, some people think you're Jeremiah, and some think, people think you're, you know, Elijah, and they're kind of, you know, going back and forth on who people are saying Jesus is, and then Jesus, you know, Peter, Peter steps up and says, you are the Christ, the son of a living God, and, you know, Jesus comes back and says, well, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my father, which art in heaven, he goes on to say something so incredibly powerful. And I think sometimes we miss it. But here's what Jesus says in Matthew 16, in verse 19. He's talking to Peter. He says, I will give you the keys, authority, of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper, and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, whatever you permit, declare lawful on earth, will have already been loosed in heaven. And this scripture, I'm reading out of the Amplified Version, is is right in line with what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about taking dominion. I'm talking about the fact that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is king. Jesus, it says in Hebrews 1.3, is the lawful owner of all things in the Amplified Version. Jesus is the heir of the world, and you are a joint heir. You are a co-heir in Christ. You are his body. He is the head. And he, it says in Ephesians chapter 1, is seated far above power, far above principalities, far above every ruler, every dominion. And there is nothing more powerful than the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is Lord now. He's not just Lord, you know, in some future date after the Antichrist somehow is defeated. He is Lord right now. And he has purchased the cosmos with his blood. And it belongs to you. And this scripture says that whatever we declare lawful is what will be lawful. And whatever we declare unlawful is what will be disallowed. We have to take our place, beloved, and we have to stop thinking that we somehow are waiting on God when really we need to rise. We need to rise into our true identity in Christ. We need to rise in our union with him. We need to rise and ascend and sit with him in heavenly places. We need to have enlightened eyes and enlightened ears to to hear what is Jesus saying? What is Jesus doing? What do I need to partner with him in his name to legislate in the earth? We can no longer wait for money. We need, we have to move. We have to believe and we have to declare and decree. Lack is an illegal entity. Sickness is an illegal entity. But yet we have been programmed to believe that we are powerless, that we have less power than Jesus Christ himself. And so we allow things that Jesus would never allow in his presence. We allow 
things like lack and things like circumstances of all kinds in our lives to stop us. We are not acting like owners. We are not acting like sons. We are not acting as like we are in union with Jesus right now and that when we show up, Jesus has shown up. If Jesus was in your life circumstances, what would he do? If Jesus had a, you know, a problem, a financial issue, what would he do? If Jesus had, was in the presence of physical illness, what would he do? And we've got to shift our perspective. We have to shift our thinking so that we are co-identified with Christ and we have a deep understanding of what happened on Calvary, that what the blood actually did What did the blood pay for? It's so much greater than just the payment for our sins. It's so much greater than just the payment for our peace. It is the legislative authority for us to be Jesus' body and for us to operate in this world as Jesus You know, there's a scripture in 1 John that talks about that. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. We have been programmed out of our dominion. We have been programmed, and it's Jesus' dominion. We we we, We have been programmed into believing that God is somehow withholding something from us rather than recognizing that we are one with him. And all that he is and all that he has is ours in Christ. The gospel is such better news than we really can even grasp grasp or wrap our heads around. And so practically, the application, it looks like you being unstoppable in the pursuit of the things that God has called you to do. It looks like you taking steps of faith. It looks like you speaking to things. It looks like you interacting in the spiritual realm and manifesting things in the physical realm because you understand that the heaven, that heaven is here, heaven is now. That everything that heaven contains has been lavished upon you. And that all that is left to do is see like Jesus sees from his perspective and operate in the mind of Christ and speak what he is telling us to speak. In every situation that we face, there is a potential miracle waiting to manifest. And what it means to be a believer is to leave the realm of what is possible, humanly speaking, and rise to the place where Jesus is glorified as Lord over all, where heaven is legislated by the church. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about a Sunday service. I'm not talking about a physical building where we go and we meet. I'm talking about the ecclesia. I'm talking about the governing body of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the government of heaven. Because Jesus paid for it all, and it is now 
his. He truly is the owner of all things. And there is no dimension where he is not Lord. There is no place where we can go (laughs) or exist where he is not Lord. He is the preeminent one. He is the supreme over all. He is alpha. He is the source of it all. And so now is the time to recognize that we are not dealing in financial currency. We are not paying for things with our hard labor and our hard-earned dollars. We are We are operating in a place where everything has already been paid for. And that means everything that is a part of your vision, everything that is a part of your destiny, has already been paid for. And beloved, steps of faith are what cause the scene realm to move. The scene realm adjusts to our movement. When Peter stepped out of the boat and walk on water, when he walked on water, that step out of the boat is what caused the miracle to happen. It's not necessarily something impossible that we do when we take a step of faith. It is something that requires us to believe. It requires us to believe that God is who he says he is and to follow his instructions. And when we do that over and over again, and we speak in Jesus' name, and we move in accordance with the Spirit of God that is leading us, and we recognize that dominion is our birthright in Christ, we are unstoppable. So let me pray for you, beloved. Father, I thank you that you have spoken today in this podcast one or many truths that listeners needed to hear. And Holy Spirit, I'm just depending on you and asking you to continue to highlight that truth that you revealed today. Father, we don't have to get it all in one meal. We don't have to sit down and, you know, understand everything that we've heard. It's the truth that you reveal to us and becomes our own revelation that sets us free. And so, Father, I just breathe on that truth for every listener today. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to expound on that truth. Shine the light on that truth even brighter and brighter until that truth explodes in their heart and becomes their own. I thank you, Father. There are people today that are listening, I'm just hearing this by the Spirit, that are getting marching orders from this podcast today. And I just want to confirm that by saying, absolutely, march forward. Go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Take this message as a confirmation that it is your time to move out, advance, and recover all. 
And Father, I thank you that you're doing something deeper in our hearts than we really can wrap our minds around. But it's like a seed that is planted in the ground. For a moment, it's hidden, and it seems like, oh, nothing's happening. But inevitably, that seed bursts forth into a new plant, into, an, into growth. And Father, I just am speaking a blessing, a blessing today on that that's the seed of this word, but the seed of the work that you are doing in our hearts right now. I thank you that you know what you're doing and you are faithful to finish the good work that you've begun. And so I just say yes and amen to what you're doing. And we decree and we declare that now is the time for that seed to break forth. Now is the time for the manifestation of what you've been doing in secret to come forth out of our hearts, to come forth out of our lives, that there is a manifestation of the new thing that you have been doing. And now is the time for it to become visible. And so we just say yes and amen to that. I bless every listener. And I just thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to be connected to every single person. And I just pray that your will will be done through that connection on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.